superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Foul's going to be called on Crowder. I knew it would be a totally different result. And he's down on the floor. When Anthony Davis got an and one despite kicking. The ensuing contact by Davis to the groin of Crowder. Jay Crowder right in the forbidden speed bag. <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. Kicked him in um, the Crowders. But kicked him in the Crowders. Today's guests. Patriots reporter for The Athletic, Jeff Howe. Actor Ty Burrell, plus co-host of Brother from Another, Michael Smith. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Uh, I love Ty Burrell, man. I can't wait to chat with him in hour number three of this program from Modern Family, diehard Rams fan. Um, He's an Oregon duck as well, so uh, we'll chat with... Uh, one of the voices of Duncanville, which is a season two of the uh, animated comedy Duncanville uh, on Fox. Can't wait to chat with him. Michael Smith will help us take us to his show on NBC Sports on Peacock, brother from another. Um, Stop me if you've heard this one before, Chris Brockman. Uh, same for you, T.J. Jefferson. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Right. There's apparently cheating in baseball. No. Stop <laughs> it. Now, come on, bro. Uh, we hit what? this subject. We hit this subject. We should come up with a new segment uh, uh, about baseball called Cut the Crap. Because <laughs> that's what I think I was saying last week. Can we please cut the crap, please? You know, and I know that there's yeah. baseball, yeah. and there's always been, you know, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, or whatever. It's and not a lie if you believe. Well me. done, uh, Jason Feller. What was that labeled? Not a lie, short. Not a lie, short. Short. Okay, okay very short. good. Great, great. I'd love to know what not a not a lie long is. What pitchers <laughs> apparently are doing in baseball right now. Because we talked about it last week uh, with the report in The Athletic that uh, baseballs have gunk all over them. And you're wondering, where's the spin rate coming from on some of these pitchers in baseball? How they're able to spin a ball. The ball's been able to you know, have movement at such a high velocity or have movement at, uh, you know, that off-speed, off-speed pitches that are in the mid-90s now. What's going on there? Well, I guess everyone's just working out. They're all eating their Wheaties. Or they're putting crap on a baseball that we don't see because there are substances that are now clear or you're, you have the ability to put it on your gloves. So you're not reaching for your hat. you got to go in the glove to get the ball anyway, right? So you put it in your glove. You go in and reach for the ball. You just grab it on whatever and you put it on there. And, and the thing that really got me in this athletic article, really hit me hard, was the first few paragraphs were about a team on a bus, meaning the game's well over, mm-hmm. team on a bus passing around a baseball that was taken out of play in the game that they had just finished because it was the first career hit for a rookie on the team. You know, okay. rookie gets first career hit, take the baseball out so he can have a keepsake for the rest of his career. Makes sense. And they said that they were picking strands of substance off of their hands because they were touching the baseball and it was sticking to their hands after the game. And I said, you know what? 
this has gone far enough, man. You know, I've stuck through this game through the whole steroid era and stuck with the game through the Apple Watch and the television sets and all of that business and using replay and, you know, and 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 trash cans or what Eric Kratz, former catcher of the Rockies, said on a podcast with the Yes Network or the Yankees Network podcast saying that uh, the Rockies were using a Theragun on their metal benches using the same instant replay system. And that's what you hear from from Astros camp. I've heard it myself. Hey, you know, sucked what we did years ago. And we, you know, we, we, we got popped for it, but we weren't the only ones. It would have been great if baseball got everybody who did it. And um, now you're hearing that in real time from an actual major league manager. Yesterday, yesterday, Mike Schilt of the St. Louis Cardinals, you're a manager of your St. Louis Cardinals, in Chicago, he takes out his pitcher and puts on the mound a reliever, Giovanni Gallegos, everybody. Country Joe West, adding to his major league record that he had set the day before, (laughs) crew chief, Tells Gallegos he's got to switch his cap. And the reason why they see a they 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 see some white a white substance on his cap. Gallegos told the umpiring crew it was sunblock. Gallegos has to switch his cap before he's even on the mound, before he even throws a pitch, and Schilt gets ejected. As Country Joe West said after the game, the whole point of this is we're trying to protect his pitcher, and he got ejected. Now, why did Schilt get ejected? Well, after the game, Schilt happened. Schilt hit the fan. (laughs) There are people that are effectively, and not even trying to hide, essentially flipping the bird at the league with how they're cheating in this game with concocted substances. There are players that have been monetized for it. There are players that are obviously doing it, going to their glove. There's clear video of it. You can tell the pitchers that are doing it because they don't want to go to their, their mouth, which Geo does off the rubber. And understandably, and I know comfortably, Major League Baseball is is trying their best to do it in a manner that doesn't create any black eye for the integrity of the game that we love. But speaking of integrity, how about the integrity of the guys that are doing it clean? How about the guys that are pitching their tails off in Major League Baseball and doing it clean that have an unfair competitive advantage for the guys that are clearly loading up with concoctions that they actually advertise don't do anything to hide, even in plain view. That's the guys I'm speaking for. I'm speaking up for the hitters that have a living to make facing stuff that's already really, really good. And you can see, based on spin rates, how guys' careers are jumping off the charts. And then you can do cause and effect. Now, I don't want to be, look, is our house 100% clean? I certainly hope so. Am I creating more of an opportunity? Because I just spoke to our pitchers. Am I creating more of a, 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 
I mean, awareness to our group, potentially. But let's go check the guys that are sitting there going their glove every day with filthy stuff coming out, not some guy before he's even stepped on the mound with a spot on his hat. That's how you want to start policing this? A Major League Baseball manager of a gold standard franchise is calling out what he's seeing. And he's choosing his words very carefully. Because he said at one point, I know for a f- I think he was about to say, I know for a fact, or then he said with confidence, yeah. I'm confident that other players and pitchers are doing this. And if what Mike Schilt is saying is correct, if is what he is assuming is happening is correct, that Major League Baseball is trying to keep the policing of this somewhat under the radar by telling their umpires, look out for this stuff, okay? You see it, you know, just make them change their hat. or, But, you know, keep an eye out on this and make a report or something like that. Because the hat is, by the way, going to the commissioner's office. So I don't know. I don't know if Joe West just took out his lunch and used the same Ziploc and sent it along. I don't know what the hell that means. (laughs) So if he's saying that baseball's trying to do this somewhat under the radar so there's no black eye for the sport, you've got to be kidding me. Here's how you avoid a black eye for the sport. Call it out and stop it. Call it out and stop it. Because if the commissioner of baseball and Rob Manfred is worried about the time of game and the watchability of the sport, the way to get more watchability of the sport is maybe more offense, more hits, more stuff happening in the game other than watching the guy with an incredible spin rate try and, or put it this way, having a guy whose only care at the plate is exit velocity, not making contact, trying to go exit on somebody with an insane spin rate because they're doing something with the baseball. Because that's unwatchable, as Don Mattingly called it. And I'm sitting there with my 10-year-old son watching all these games because he and his big brother will sometimes pop in there. My daughter, we're all we're all in his fantasy league together. Last thing I want to have is to sit down and say, yeah, all these pitchers are cheating. But guess what? It'll be a hell of a lot more watchable when I can also say, by the way, that pitcher... The reason why he's suspended off our team, he was cheating. He'll be back. Might not be as good, but guess what? That's what happens in life if you do something the wrong way. I'd rather have the black eye hit. Figure something out, because guess what? A Major League Baseball umpire just lifted the kimono. He knows. That means every other manager, all 29 other managers know, and every pitching coach knows, and every hitting coach knows, and every player knows, and every scout knows, and every front office executive knows. It's only a matter of time till this gets the hell out. Because everybody knows. He knows. And if he's sitting there saying, my guys are clean, and the other guys aren't, and you're coming along and checking my guy's cap and getting in his skull before he even throws a pitch in a major league game, so we're avoiding a sweep here in Chicago. You know? 
and you're making him switch a cap, and that's and now you've done your job to police the game, and somebody else is reaching in their glove, and I saw it last night, and I saw it tomorrow, and I'll see it next week, and I saw it last week, and it's not fair that this is the way that you're policing it. This is the way that the directive comes from the Major League Baseball office of handling it. It is insufficient. How about we cut the crap? And worry about black eyes later. I mean, I was bummed yesterday. Yankees get rained out. I don't get to watch a baseball game of a team that I love and grew up loving with my kids. I was bummed. I missed it. That's how much I love this sport. Then I see something like this and I'm like, why the hell am I wasting my time? A Major League Baseball manager said there is cheating happening Your way of policing it is arbitrary, capricious, and not working, and it's pissing me off because I'm trying to do my best in the league where other colleagues of mine aren't. That just... Am I misreading what I just heard? No. From a Major League Baseball manager? Nope. How is that okay? It is not okay. It's very far from okay, to use the Pulp Fiction phrase. Thank you. For we have to bring out the gimp to figure out who's <laughs> cheating and who's not. Gimp sleeping. Well, so is baseball. And guess what? She'll have put out a statement later. I'll read it just because I'm sure he would prefer it because he put this out for a reason. I have a great working relationship with the umpires in Major League Baseball. They have a lot of challenges of doing their job and they do it well. Having to police foreign substances candidly shouldn't have to be part of their job. Well, they're the first th- line of defense. They're the thin blue line working in between the lines and need to figure out what the hell's going outside the lines is coming into between the lines. That's it. I mean, what else do we have to do? But it would be great if baseball figured out. What's he saying, by the way, also that they're they're advertising? Like, is it is this some sort of like oil or something that that's legal that they're they're talking about that they're spokesmen for? As well on the side, like what the hell did that one mean? Yeah, I picked up on that. What was that? What do you mean by that? Let's follow up. Let's. That's one strand. Let's pull on that one to start. Come on, man. Cut the crap. What's happening? What the hell is happening? It's one thing if you can't disguise your signs if i can figure out what your signs are in between that's a you that's a you you problem damn straight that's damn straight but if you're going to start using binoculars and telescopes and and center field (laughs) like apparently happened for the greatest shot that heard the shot heard around the world yeah you know that's a room then that's then then that's similar to the apple watch and the other crap banging on stuff and I know that, you know, there were cork bats and there's always been like cork bats and there's always been something. There's always been something. But now it's the twenty first century where we're we're getting there there's ways of disguising things. And it's hurting your product. I think it is too, because it's it's these that games, these games are boring. That plus the shifts yeah, plus yeah. the analytics, put it all together. It's not fun to watch most of the time. But then when it is, it just keeps you coming back. It's yeah. like it's like that round of 100 that you hit, but you birdied 18. Exactly. <sighs> I know, man. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Jeff Howe from The Athletic. Um, he is, let's talk Patriots football. Let's do it. Let's talk Patriots football because this is a fascinating team. 
that had a huge free agency period that went and drafted a quarterback in the first round, and Tua is not in the playbook for the Miami Dolphins. There's a lot going on in the AFC East, and we'll talk about the Patriots who are letting the media in for the first time in their practice schedule with number 50, Mac Jones. That's coming up. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. When there's a conundrum on the field and it needs to be replayed and Adam Carolla, you came up with an idea that there is a gimp in the stadium, correct? The the idea dawned on me when I was watching all the replay stuff and it was clear to us that he got his hands and he made a football move. Yes. But we see the thing where he catches the ball, he starts to turn, he takes one step, he gets blown up by the safety, the ball goes squirting out, your team recovers, (laughs) you're going nuts, then they go back and they go... Not enough to overturn what we already call. Correct. My feeling is, is I don't like that factor. That taints it. Mm -hmm. I want a fresh set of GIMP eyeballs (laughs) on this thing. And so it's fresh because the GIMP has been in a box or in a trunk. The deal with the GIMP is... He doesn't know the team. He doesn't know the players. He doesn't know what city he's in. He doesn't know the date. He doesn't know who's president. He doesn't know anything. He's a gimp. He comes out. First thing, he's blinded by the sun. He's not seen the light of the sun in weeks now. And it's this. And he's blinded. And he's he's disoriented. And we run him. He has a handler. You know, they run him out. They're, and they're flogging him. You know, he has he has his leash, but they're also using it to, to, to beat him as they're bringing him out of court between the sunlight and being flogged. And they push him mm-hmm. under the thing, and he just makes a declaration. He doesn't know what two teams are playing. He doesn't. He's not in a fantasy league. He has no nothing riding on this at all. It's like, did he catch it? Did he do it? Once he does it, now, obviously, if it goes against the home team, that's when they double down on the beatings of the guy and they raise and they run him back into his pen. Corolla, everybody. The Ace Man, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, we'll get uh, Jeff Howe back. Um, I'll get Jeff Howe on the show in a second here. We, do you have a poll question over there or no? Have you come up with one or no? No, I, I hadn't come up with one. Okay. But uh, that doesn't mean one can't organically understand. Just I know we're not doing that every day anymore. Uh, and I'll yeah. tell you what, I, it's not a big deal. It's, you know, I, I, I know. Well, I, I kind of just, I, like I usually just throw one up as we're having a discussion. Okay. And then nothing's left to mind right nothing now. Nothing has like jumped out yet. Okay. 
Um, sorry, I even asked that. That's okay. No, no, I mean, it's totally all right. Uh, but we do have a great Twitter account that you should follow at Rich Eisen Show. Definitely should. S- same with our Instagram account. TJ yes. Jefferson would appreciate that since sure. we're out there monitoring memes. That's what we're trying to, trying to do. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, we're back here uh, on our program with our radio audience and NBC Sports on Peacock. Uh, before we get to Jeff Howe of The Athletic, Belichick met with the media today, right? Oh, baby, yes. Okay, so you got a couple the of Rich sound is bites? back. We have a couple sound bites. First okay. up, uh, let's play Bill talking about his current starting quarterback, Cam Newton. All right, let's go. Uh, Cam's been here um, you know, all the way through. Um, he was here you know, at the beginning and, you know, has been, been a consistent participant, you know, continues to give us the usual, um, you know, leadership and, and, um, you know, energy that, that he brings to the field and to the workouts and, and to practice. So, um, you know, Cam's, Cam's very professional and I, I'm sure that he'll, you know, continue to work hard to do his best out there. Like he's always done for us. It's never been anything but that, uh, from the day he got here. Okay, um, in case uh, you're wondering what he said that was newsworthy at all, I don't think anything right there, other than the fact that what is newsworthy is the charity haircut he got from Brandon King. It's still really tight. Still looks good. It's yeah. still, yeah, I mean, that buzz it cut, good. it's still it's still growing back. All right, second bite, guys, about the player most expected to be the eventual Mac starting Jones. quarterback. Mac Jones. Oh, boy. You know, I think all the quarterbacks are, are working them. hard and, and – uh, you know, again, it's the starting over process for everybody. Um, so, some, you know, some of them have been here, um, some of them haven't. They've had various levels of uh, opportunity to, you know, work in our offense. But really, we're starting everybody at the same point, like we always do uh, this time of year. So, you know, Max, Mac dove into the playbook and continues to do that, and. Um, you know, like everybody out there, you know, we all have a lot of things we got to work on, and that that includes everybody. And and so that's what he's doing. That's what everybody's doing. He just happened to be a first round drafted quarterback. That's all. Yeah. Where's where number fifty? <laughs> the first one. Where's the? We have many quarterbacks, <laughs> and he's one of them. <laughs> Jeff Howe of the Athletic joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Jeff? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Will you do me a favor and ask Bill why he can't quit Brian Hoyer? Would you mind doing that? I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> what do you think? It, that was that was sort of a surprise because <laughs> the way that they have managed quarterback reps in training camp, mm-hmm. the offseason, whatever, I mean, it's hard to get three quarterbacks enough reps. And adding a fourth to the mix, like, you know, he's going to be a quality mentor to a guy like Mac Jones. Not that Cam Newton wouldn't be. Right. But, you know, just an extra set of eyes for somebody like Mac Jones as he's trying to learn the process. I, I guess there's there's unquestionably some value there. But it still, I can't say I wasn't surprised when they signed him. Well, I read your piece. Again, you, you cover the Patriots for the Athletic. You came up with 56 different things to watch for as the media is let in on the first time uh, this spring for, for practice for the Patriots. And I guess you, you suggested that Hoyer would remove the mentoring a little bit off of Cam's plate. For Mac Jones, like that might be one way for for Hoyer to essentially be added to the mix here. How how do you see the Patriot quarterback scenario playing out for this year? I still expect, just because of the way Belichick has kind of gotten out in front of this, starting the night they drafted Mac Jones, I expect Cam Newton to be the starter going into the season. And today, uh, Cam led off every quarter every 
period of practice in terms of the four quarterbacks. I mean, he was the number one guy. And just going back to last summer when there was more of an open competition with him, Jarrett Stidham, and Brian Hoyer, you know, they rotated that first rep of a lot of these team drills, at least while it was still a competition. Uh, but the thing that surprised me most was Mac Jones was the number two guy for the majority of practice, including every period after they split off into team drills. Now, this wasn't a high-intensity practice by any stretch of the imagination, and the only real competitive period was a seven-on-seven period. But I thought it was a point where, if I had to bet, I would have thought Mac Jones would have been third, probably fourth, on the depth chart today, just for today, because the way that you know the Patriots open up three of these ten OTAs to the media. So you can do whatever you want behind closed doors in the other seven. You could have Mac Jones be the number two guy uh, when the media is not looking. But I was thinking when the media was looking, hey, let's figure out a way to slow down this hype train. Let's make sure that you know there's, there's not too much pumping of the tires here. And they didn't do that. And Mac Jones was that number two guy. And he throws a good ball. He had a good seven-on-seven period. He had a couple uh, check-down completions. And then his best throw was actually a drop by Christian Wilkerson. Uh, but it was a nice read in a soft spot of his own. It's just, you know, Wilkerson, a former practice squad guy, couldn't make the catch. And, you know, Newton was 4 or 4 in that period. He had a couple balls that uh, were, were completed because of some great catches uh, by a tight end and a receiver there. But, I mean, I think you're probably starting the season with Max Jones as the number two. How Stidham plays is going to dictate how long they want to keep him. I mean, if he comes in and plays well enough and they decide that, hey, you know what, Cam Newton might only be here for another, most likely will only be here for another year, you got to think about who's the backup going to be in 2022 if Stidham shows you enough. Uh, but there's, I mean, I could I could throw 100 quarterback scenarios at you now. I don't, I I don't want to bore you with all of no, them. No, but, here's, but here's, uh, here's the key one, Jeff, is because we have no, there is no playbook on Bill handling a first-round drafted quarterback. That's just, there. there's zero playbook to that with with Bledsoe being the last one who was drafted in New England and that that predates Belichick and then you look at what he had even in Cleveland you can't even go there you can't I mean like literally when was the last last time Bill even had anything remotely close to this or of his of his own doing so there's no playbook here and the question is 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 what does happen if Newton starts and things of that nature, and and we don't have the playbook uh, on that at all, or or any 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 history. So so how does Jones work in? Does he just do it just because he's got to do it, or pull you know, or does he think that with the free agency frenzy, the Patriots have a shot to win the division Super Bowl this year? Jeff, that's they the question. I guess. Have a shot. And I think you looking at this defense. I mean, this it's an overhauled group. They, there's a lot, there's a, a lot of reasons to think that this defense could be the number one scoring defense in the league for the third time in the last six years. I mean, they're loaded. Their front should be ridiculous uh, as long as they keep their secondary intact. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Stephon Gilmore in the coming months. But they can win games defensively. So they just need some competent quarterback play. Going into this offseason, there was a, a full admission that Cam Newton had to be better. He had to clean up some accuracy uh, issues. He had to clean up some mechanics. Uh, His left foot continued to get away from him at times last season, and and that's why there were a lot of throwing inconsistencies. But there was also a concession of there wasn't a lot of help around him. So they're going to try to see over the next few months if adding Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith and Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne uh, and even get beefing up the offensive line with Trent Brown, they're going to see if that – is going to help Cam Newton. 
And he's going to have a few months here to prove whether or not that's the case. And, and that's totally different from last year when you know there was basically they were going in for a two week tryout, and it was those three guys. It was more realistically between Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. Stidham had seven interceptions in the first four practices and then injured his hip. And Cam Newton played well enough. The competition was over. And bang, you had to prepare him for week one because that was a sprint. Right now, I mean, you've got uh, almost a full off-season workout program. You're going to have three preseason games. You're going to have a full training camp. So they're going to know. They're going to have a much, much better idea by the time Labor Day comes around whether or not Cam Newton can be a better quarterback than he was a year ago. If As long as that happens, he's going to be the starter. Now, if it's close, then you got you got some uh, more of a dilemma, I guess, if you want to call it. Uh, and then you look at the first four games. The first four games are, are some tough matchups. The, the next five or six are a softer spot in the schedule. So, Again, if it's close, I think you got a minimum of four starts for Cam Newton before they have to think about whether or not they go to Mac Jones. If Jones is ever going to take over, if he doesn't start the season, it's between week six and 11. Uh, and then the other part of that is this offense, it, it's built to run. It's built to win with power. But if you're talking about throwing the ball with the two tight ends, the, the receivers that you added with Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, with Jacoby Myers as a slot receiver, I mean, you're built to throw the ball over the middle of the field. You need really good accuracy there and where where does mac jones thrive i mean he thrives by throwing an accurate ball that was on display today newton's accuracy issues continue to plague him deep into the summer and mac jones is able to learn enough of the playbook and and clearly can throw an accurate ball over the middle to allow those guys to make plays you know that's going to be the thing that really is going to push newton the most in my opinion about that so when you say jeff howe of the athletic here on the rich eisen show when you say that newton's going to get the first four games and then after that maybe mac jones territory you don't think uh belichick will give jones his first career start the night brady comes in on sunday night football the whole country Jeff. you don't think he's got <laughs> that flair of the dramatic yeah. what do you think jeff you know what i didn't i didn't expect uh belichick to give mac jones the number two reps today in front of the media which okay. is clearly yeah. you know big spotlight all of us quality journalists over there at Gillette mm-hmm. Stadium in the practice field just ready to pump everybody's tires but he did so you know what Mac Jones, Tom Brady, week four, Sunday night football. That's great. LFG, to use the phrase from from back in the day. And I guess last one on this, uh, is Winovich no longer wearing 50? Um, Where'd that one come from for for Mac? (laughs) What what happened? Belichick started this probably about five years ago when it was the first pick in the draft takes 50, the second pick the Patriots make takes 51, and it goes right on down the line. So. Uh, it's just his message to the rookies that you have to earn your number. Yeah. Don't worry about what jersey number you are. Worry about the more important things. You know, another part of that is there's no logos on anybody's helmet, rookie or otherwise. So it's just uh, one of those things that Belichick has done over the years. Uh, you know, there was a point several years before that when during OTAs nobody had any jersey numbers, which made covering practice just a blast. Well, certainly, uh, when, but, certainly, certainly when Gronk gave himself his own number, Jeff, you know. That was out in San Diego, and man, that was that was a, just, just classic Gronk with the duct tape '69. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy, that nice. guy's a treasure. Nice. Uh, so, uh, Jeff Howell, the Athletic, here on the Rich Eisen Show. Julio Jones, talk to me. What are you What are you hearing right now uh, on this uh, media portion practice uh, of uh, the the Thursday before the the first of June, where something like this could actually go down? What are you hearing about Julio Jones as a Patriot? Being possible. I believe there is some interest. 
but I don't know right now if I had to make a bet. I'm not sure I would put the Patriots as the betting favorites to get him. I think the Falcons are going to have to make some, I mean, they're going to have to scale back their offer or their asking price. And I get why they're asking for, you know, the, the moon and the stars right now, because they're not going to trade him for another week. So you, you owe it to yourself to try to get that first round pick. So the Falcons are going to have to lighten their demands. And I think Julio, they're probably going to have to take on some of Julio Jones contract. So some things are really going to have to happen for him to wind up in new England. Now I saw uh, there was a report today that there's a first-round pick on the table. If that's indeed the case, I, I don't think the Patriots are, are going to be willing to match that. But I, I believe there's interest. I just don't believe there's interest right now at the Falcons' asking price. So we'll see who blinks first in the next week. Right. I mean, but is, there's only one team in the league where Atlanta, even though the general manager is different at the time, could go back and say, look, you, you gave us a two for Mohamed Sanu. We're not taking a two for, for Julio. You know, I mean, like that. That is that is a reasonable response to somebody who says we're not giving you a one for a 32-year-old wide receiver. It's not just any wide receiver. And I'd imagine, you know, the way that they upgraded and the way that they do have the ability, what they did in free agency, to take advantage of other teams' cap problems with the cap over the next year already being announced to having a ceiling of $208 bucks. I mean, you, you, you got to think maybe now's the time's ripe to do it. Just go and do it, right? Go, go get an Alabama wide receiver for your Alabama quarterback, even though they're from different areas. Yeah, along areas. with I don't half know. the Alabama defense. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, right. absolutely. I mean, <laughs> right? he would be a great fit because all those guys who can produce over the middle that we were talking about earlier, now you add a, a, I mean, one of the game's best outside threats. I mean, that would do a ton to really balance your passing and the offense. And not just for this season. I mean, you're talking about Mac Jones taking over, I think, at latest in 2022 – adding a guy like Julio Jones would help him beyond. So, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly see what you're saying with the aggressive approach, and I understand the, the relation to the, the Mohamed Sanu trade, but I think the, the difference there is if you're the Patriots, you're kind of calling the Falcons bluff for right now, and you're going to say, hey, you know, whatever's on the table, let's say it is a second-round pick. Right. Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to sit there and say, we know you're trading him. I mean, you have the cap issue. You can't sign a single one of your rookies. So you have to take whatever the best offer is on the table. And the Patriots are sitting there probably saying, uh, we believe this is the best uh, offer that you've got. Now, who knows? If there's, they also have to think that there's another two on the table from somebody else. And then when you look at this roster and the way that it was overhauled this offseason, the Falcons have to sit there and say, well, that two right now is, is possibly going to be you know, the 50th pick, the 55th pick, depending on how good they are. So what are the Patriots going to do to sweeten that? You include a Nikhil Harry. You think you asked the Falcons if they were high on Harry before the draft. Maybe a change of scenery helps uh, sway them. Or do you include a fourth round pick? I mean, there's there are other pieces that you can add. I, I just I don't think they'd be willing to part with a first rounder. If they are, I mean, the aggressive approach would fall in line with everything else that they've done in this off season. And again, I, I think it'd be worth it based on how it would continue to help that offense. So before I let you go, um, Jeff Howe, The Athletic, because, again, week four, Sunday Night Football, it's going to be lit. Brady back in Gillette. I mean, we, 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 the hype you know, began yesterday, <laughs> pretty much, or the, that that schedule finally came out. So in that spirit, I ask this final question of you. How much did the free agency period and the possibility of looking at Julio Jones um, and the way that they drafted 
Um, and I understand they would never have drafted the quarterback uh, that they did if they didn't maybe still have Brady. How much did Brady winning in Tampa inform everything that we're seeing with New England this year, Jeff? I think there's got to be a degree to that, but the bigger factor here, really, I mean, the team just wasn't close to, to winning enough games last year. and Their offensive issues were paramount. I mean, you, you look at the way the Rams defended them on national TV late in the season, I think, you know, about week 14 or 15, something like that. I mean, you, the Rams basically said, you aren't throwing the ball in the, in the red zone, and, and we know that. And, and that was it really magnified a lot of the issues that they had there. And uh, just looking at defensively, I mean, they, their run defense was as bad as it's ever been under Belichick. Their pass rush was the worst, in terms of sacks, was the worst it's ever been under Belichick. And because of a lack of pass rush, you know, they were able, quarterbacks were able to throw at their secondary without a whole lot of fear. And, you know, they, they needed to rebuild that. And the way that they did, I mean, yeah, of course they want to shut down Tom Brady. I'm not, I would never brush that, that aspect aside. But the moves that they made, I mean, adding, overhauling the defensive tackles, bringing Matt Judon and Kyle Van Noy to man the edges. I mean, their, their edge defense against the run last year was just, it was awful. It's going to be so much better. I mean, Kyle, you got Matt Judon, who has the fifth most quarterback hits in the league in the last five years, a reigning two-time pro bowler. Kyle Van Noy was the Patriots' best pass rusher in 2019. Chase Winovich was the pa- Patriots' best pass rusher last year. Josh Uche, who uh, I know you know, Rich. Oh, yes. Josh Uche is a name that the rest of the league is going to get to know this year. He is going to be oh, a really, really good pass rusher. He was easily their most explosive pass rusher last year when he wasn't dealing with a couple ankle injuries. And then you got Ronnie Perkins, who was one of the biggest steals in the draft. I mean, you've got five quality edge rushers and Dante Hightower is expected back. He had his best pass rushing season of his career in 2019. You know, there's there's six guys right there who can get after the quarterback and they're going to be able to do it because the defensive tackles, you know, their defensive tackles were just so injury riddled last year that they're just, their linebackers had no chance. I mean, you had Adrian Phillips as a a natural safety playing one of your inside linebacker spots for almost 90% of the season. So, they're, uh, they, had, they had a lot of issues that they had to clean up regardless of, of what Tom Brady and the Buccaneers did in that Super Bowl run. Jeff, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Um, let's, uh, let's connect during training camp. Appreciate it. Sounds Thank good. You. Thanks a lot, Rich. You got to at Jeff P. Howe on Twitter. I follow him. You should, too. He does his stuff about the Patriots, and the Patriots are, as you can hear, rebuilding. There's not a single second that Tom Brady thinks this. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that as a... a um, a caveat. But do you think if the Patriots had all that cap space last year? He's still there? Yeah. I mean, like, hey, we'll get you. What do you, we'll, we'll rebuild it all around maybe, you. Maybe. And Brady with this team could win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But you just heard the, the, the retooling and all, all right there. Brady with that. Cam and. and um, well, Brady's on that team. They probably end up getting Julio Jones, too. Right. Let's 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 go. Let's here we go. Gronk comes back. Right. And 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 the drafting of of you know Mac Jones in the first round might be like hmm okay now it's similar to Jordan Love but you wouldn't have maybe drafted Mac Jones in the first round. Right. You could have gone and gotten Kyle Trask just like the Buccaneers did in the second round. Yeah. The same the same plan 
Or you could have gotten so one succession. of the receivers that, that dropped or an extra Well, I'm one. just saying, if you yeah. need to, but if you need to look over the steering wheel, just like Tampa did, let's build it. T- Brady's not for a single second staring at a seventh ring, living where he's been living and living the manner in which he is and, and trolling on Aaron Rodgers and, and, <laughs> and Bryson DeChambeau as he has. Like, think of a split second. But I'm just wondering, like, all the changes that they did, the free agency frenzy that they went on to retool everything to try and win as soon as possible. Yeah. And then they'll figure out the quarterback. Wouldn't that be amazing that they get, they retool everything, it's just the quarterback spot is the iffy question mark. But that's the way it looks like now for the Patriots. And then, you know, there's the question of Tua and what happened last year. It's fascinating. We'll hit that. And are you ready, Chris Brockman? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. The win-loss game for the New England Patriots. I'm and then your phone calls at 844-204-RICH. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't you dare maneuver. What's the most pissed off you made Nick Saban ever? Oh, when I took the sack second and 26 <laughs> in a national in championship. That game. <laughs> You mean the one that you immediately made up for with an amazing play yes, that sir. put you on the map? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that, that sack? Yeah. Okay. That was the sack. So um, walk me through how that, uh, how, what he said to you, if you can, in a, in a certain way on a live yeah, well, radio I, TV broadcast. I mean, I could only see it on camera, you know, um, how mad he, he was. That was probably the most pissed off, though, I I, I think he's ever been. I mean, he, 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 was, he was squeezing his headset so hard. <laughs> and then... Um, you know, like, it was hard because the emotion was, like, so mad to so happy, you know, so fast for him. And, you know, we got into the locker room when everything settled down. I mean, he was still still the same coach. You know, yeah. he pulled me to the side. Like, what, what were you thinking? You know, um, so like taking the sack. So after you won the game mm-hmm. and you picking confetti out of your hair, he still took a moment yeah, in that being, moment to revisit yeah. that sack. Yeah, being who he is, I mean... You know, he he pulled me to the side. He said, you know, well, why did you take the set? Right. You know, and I, I thought it was a good time to joke with him. You know, so I, <laughs> I mean, we, we won the national championship. So I told him, I told him, well, you know, we, we needed more room to throw the ball, coach. You know, and like he looked at me and like I was laughing. He's like, that's not funny. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I Come didn't on. know what else to do in that situation. I was like. Okay, I, I'm sorry, coach. So I shook his hand and he just moved off. Like, oh. <laughs> like, oh man. I wow. love that story. Yeah. That made my favorite story the whole week. So you just figured, yeah, hey. I was like, oh, oh maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thought it was a good time to joke, but it wasn't. Wow. Yeah, nope. It's never a good time, I guess, in that respect. I'm 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 uh, doing what I'm normally doing, which is you know staying on my uh, Twitter feed to see what's going on. Uh, I'm looking. Uh, Sports Center just tweeted out. I guess are the Cubs and the and the Pirates playing right now? Yes, there was some insane. Well, play. there's a man on second. Yes, batter grounds to third as a runner on second moves to third. Third baseman throws to the first baseman, and whoever is at the plate. Because he's dead to rights. Because the throw from the third I, baseman I went Javi up Baez. the line towards towards the towards home plate. Was it Javi Baez? I think it was Javi Baez. Baez goes back, running back towards home plate, like that's a safe base for him to go. And the first baseman tr- follows him. him, and then flips to the home plate catcher, as if like that's going to be a force out. 
No, no, because the runner comes no, around I, to score. No, I know that. Yeah. And the runner comes to score. Yeah. <laughs> Back on our radio, I mean, just as, you know, I went all in about how baseball, you know, was unwatchable. One of the craziest plays I've ever seen where Javi Baez with a man on second, grounds to third, runner on second, runs to third as the third baseman throws up the line to first. First baseman is Javi Baez dead to rights. And instead of just running to go touch first base, he Baez runs in the other direction back to home plate to run away from the first baseman who's chasing him back to home plate. Like that's there's going to be a force out there. And the guy from second comes all the way around to score as he flips to the home plate to try and get the runner out. Ball gets away from the catcher. So Baez not only reached first, he throws to – because there's no first baseman. He goes to second, and the throw gets away from there too. I mean, like, I I wouldn't even see this in Little League. A double out of that. (laughs) This needs the Benny Hill music underneath (laughs) it. Holy crap, that's yakety sacks. I've never seen anything like that. It's incredible. It's incredible. What what first baseman doesn't stop this whole madness of instead of chasing him back home? Oh, screw you all. Just go step on first base. He was – Three feet from first base right. when he caught the ball. And he just lost his mind and, and chased Baez him. runs back to home plate like that's a safe harbor. Like his instinct was to get in a rundown with him. <laughs> Between the, only crazier, the only crazier rundown I've ever seen than that is when the umpires had a player in a rundown in the naked gun. <laughs> I've now never the seen umpires like have Crescioni in a rundown. This is crazy. What the hell was that? <laughs> This is amazing. <laughs> Everybody's got to ser- seek it out. We, you know, we don't have the rights to show video like yeah. that. But just at MLB, or just retweet it. it. Holy crap! I'll retweet it right now from the show. At Rich Eisen at Show, Rich check Eisen it show. out. I've never seen anything like that. Hey, all you little league coaches out there, you pony baseball coaches, teach your kid dead to rights at first, run back towards home plate. You might get a throw. Make sure there's somebody on second coming around to score. Like, why do he chase him? You can't you go that way. Him? Like, I don't what know. You but what's Baez even thinking? Like, shouldn't that be illegal to run back? Like, where are you? Hey, gonna... Baez is just trying to buy time. You can't fault him. Yeah, but the knows... first baseman, it's like, what do you think he right. can start over? Like, no. He, what do you he knows they have a runner coming around, so he's just. It's like when you know you're dead <laughs> yeah, in a pickle, right, right. you try to get, just try to get in a rundown so the guy can advance as far as he can go. Yeah. And this time it was home plate. Yeah. Even though you can't retreat to home plate, <laughs> you can't retreat to home plate. Like, and not, he ended up guess, on second base. I guess you can. And then he so, wound up on second base. It's like, look, we're not doing this at bat over. Yeah. Was, I, I, I've never so seen So when you see. Like when you, so is that an RBI double? How do you score that? Well, it's fielder's choice. Fielder's choice. Fielder's choice. It's a fielder's choice. Not an RBI, though. You don't get an RBI. For that. How do you not? The fielder's choice was to. Of course, it's an error at home plate. A fielder's choice, he's out. No RBI, error run scores, not an earned run. Yeah. Correct? Correct. Not an earned run. And Baez, and is, but, uh, Baez would be an error, error to second. Well, that's E on the catcher who threw it's it back to first. It's an error on the first baseman and then error on the catcher. So two errors on that play. Well, the first baseman doesn't get an error for that, does he? I th- Why he, wouldn't he get it? Because well, he threw mental the home error. plate. Yeah. He threw the home trying to make a play. You know what? So, as the official scorer, I'd eject the first baseman. <laughs> <laughs> for stupidity? Yes. You're out. I'm, I don't. You're out. I mean, you're so, out. You're out of order. Covered. This whole inning's out of order. Spring training. That was wild. wild. Everyone, please seek that out. I've watched it like eight times. Yes, I, I know. I, can't I stop just watched it the first time in the commercial break. It. I want to stop hosting this show so I can watch it again. <laughs> I'm definitely adding yakety sacks. <laughs> so definitely E2 gets him to second base. But and what then, about the error then, to score him, right? Because the bat. 
Or was it just a, a late throw, right? It's, it's, just a late a, it's just a late throw. So that's not an error. Mental, so, mental yeah. errors so, aren't so an error. So then it's a fielder's choice and an, and an RBR. That's a run batted in. I got to see. Let me see. If, if it was, hold on a second. If the guy was on third and he scores and it's a fielder's choice instead of touching, and it's a fielder's choice eventually he's out. But it's not a field. He but reaches. He that's second, a double. But he that's a double, second. though, Chris. It's not a fielder's choice. It's, it's a not, double. Well, it's, the well, no, the, choice was it would what, be a single. The, the error got him a second. Okay, base. so it's a single and then an error to second base. Hold on, I'm going to see how this. So when you go to the on. box score and it's a single and an RBI and a run scored, it does, <laughs> it does not tell the full story. That's why there's no pictures on a scorecard. Okay, Baez not credited for a hit, but he was credited for an RBI. So that is a fielder's choice. It's a fielder's choice to chase somebody back to home plate. That's the dumbest fielder's choice I've ever seen. By the way, and it's a two-out two RBI. It's a, field, it's a fielder's brain fart. Bias, An FBF. Baez grounded into fielder's choice to third, which it wasn't the third. Well, it no, it first. was initially to third. If you're scoring that at home, it's a it's 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 a a 5-3-2 oh, okay. non-put-out. Non-put-out. second on throwing error right. by catcher. But a fielder's choice means there was an out. Recorded. There was no out recorded. One of the field. Well, the fielder made it a, a choice. I know, but <laughs> it was the wrong and one. You made a choice. He didn't make a choice. He brain farted. Right. He fell for the banana and the tailpipe of running back to home plate, which is not a safe harbor for a batter who has put the ball in play. He got an RBI for that too. Yeah, he got an RBI for that. Holy crap! Only one error, though. The throwing error on the catcher. Yeah. And the first baseman, Scott Free. <laughs> the first baseman gets off Scott Free. By the official in the score? score in no. the scorebook. In Eject the score him. Book. He should be ejected. <laughs> will Craig. And find. The kangaroo court will get him. <laughs> wow. At least there's something fun in baseball to talk about. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> See? And if there was a shift, wouldn't have happened. Well, that wouldn't have mattered. Well, it would have been a base hit, the ground of the third base. All right. You, are you ready? Are you? Uh, uh, do you have? Uh, do you have uh, NFL films music ready, right. please? Right. Get right. Got to get your mind right. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is great. I love this. This is like sort of you put the time on the clock. There's no time on the clock. Put the music on the clock. Hey, Rich, you don't want to not give him time on the clock. Put the, do put, it like his draft. Put the New England Patriots <laughs> schedule on the All screen. Right. Here we go. As you heard from Jeff, we're gonna the Pats are going to be better than people think. Okay, much like so here time. you go. Miami Dolphins home uh, home opener. That's a win. New York Jets. The Jets are going to be bad. 2-0. <sighs> home for the Saints. I am unclear what the Saints are going to look like. So because it's a home game, I'll say 3-0. Bucks. Loss. <laughs> Brady gets the win, not, huh? Brady, get, Brady gives the, the Patriots their first loss of the season, and huh? I think it's going to be a huge game. They're both going to be three and zero going into it. Well, adding I mean, to, NBC, adding would, to the, as if you need any Chiefs. extra reason for that game to be incredible. All right, uh, at the Houston Texans, they're bad. Home for the Dallas Cowboys. That's a tough one. I think Dallas is going to be good this year. We'll say that's a loss. Okay, you're first, dude. So you're <laughs> four and two. Okay. With two of the losses in, in Gillette, where that's never happened. All right, good enough. That's I right. see it last year. Home for the Jets. Win. At the Chargers. Loss. 
All right, you are now 5-3 and three at the Carolina Panthers. While I do think Sam Darnold will be good, the team may not be good. That's a win. 6-3, and three, home for the Cleveland Browns. Loss. 6-4 and four at the Atlanta Falcons on a Thursday night. Ooh. Julio returns to Atlanta. Big game. <laughs> Julio returns to Atlanta. Three-touchdown game by Julio. Win. All right. That'll be great. By the way, that'll be a great Thursday night uh, game in your household. It will be. All right. Somebody's sleeping on the couch that night. Well, Cage is in the uh, the onesie of the Atlanta Falcons, though, correct? You lose that battle, correct? Oh, good question. It depends who's better. Excuse at that me. Point. That's a loss. I'll say that. That's a loss. <laughs> That's a loss. Richie, I'll do that win loss. I'll do that win loss. Richie's already given up All baseball. Right, here we so. go. Home for the Titans. Uh, battle back and win this one. <laughs> Battle back. Well, it's right, a tough at home the record. Buffalo Bills on a Monday. That's a uh, loss. That's a loss. Uh, at the Indianapolis Colts, off of a bye. That's probably a loss, too. Off a bye? Okay. I think uh, Colts are going to be good. Home for the Bills. Bills are good. Loss. You, you lose to both to the Bills, huh? Uh, you've lost three in a row now, sir. At the Jack, Home for the Jaguars? Yeah, then we win out. Win out. Win out. Okay, so you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. A ten and seven season for the Patriots is not... Uh, that's fine. Is, is yeah, it's, it's not unreasonable. Not unreasonable. The double negative. Not unreasonable. Not unreasonable. Not unreasonable. Ten and seven. Ty Burrell, Michael Smith, and you, and a news update from Chris Brockman on the other side of this break. We are still here on Peacock, though. Hey. Ten and seven. Peacock. Hey, man, he's giving he nine, eight, you, ten, and you, seven. You, I think cannot, that's kind you of the... cannot, you cannot say that's unreasonable. He gave you. He gave your Dallas Cowboys a win yeah. in New England, and so did I. But you yelled at me for it. I did not yell at you. I do not <laughs> yell at you. Vegas has the Patriots at nine wins, so I mean, I think nine or ten. I think three that's straight fair. losses, including two to the Buffalo Bills. That's yeah, tough. That's a tough. That's a tough finish. By the way, how about that? With that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, Those seven, are good. eight, Those nine, ten, eleven, games. twelve, thirteen straight to start the season. Then a very late bye. Yeah. How about that? A December thirteenth bye. That's pretty late. It's good for you, though. Then you finish up strong with you're going to have them losing three games in a row. Well, about four to five because I think maybe I think Cleveland might get get them too. Urban Meyer at Bill Belichick words I never thought I would say. That'll be fun. By the way, Jacksonville's going to be fighting for a playoff uh, berth. I know that's that's what you've been saying. Ten and seven. That's a very by the way, well done, Chris. Very very reasonable. It's it's glass half full, but it could happen. Um, I think it's very full the first three weeks of the season. I don't know, man. Dolphins, Dolphins may come in and ruin your parade uh, right off the bat. Uh, the Dolphins are going to struggle. Tua doesn't even know the playbook. He didn't know it last year. <laughs> That's such a generalization. Last year. And he was in and out the lineup. Like, come yeah, on. he was in and out. Fitzmagic. He didn't know the playbook. Didn't know it. He got, he got thrown in in the middle of the mix there. Again, 2020, on, we should all get a mulligan for last yeah, yeah, year. Exactly. Man. The kid like, didn't have any OTAs. Way, you know, he had no on-field anything. He shouldn't have played last year. Putting him in was kind of rec- reckless. I don't know. Now he's going to feel he's going to have a little bit better of a feel of the game, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Maybe. All right, we'll discuss Definitely. that a little bit more deep, uh, deep into next hour as well. And then... Uh, See some phone calls. We'll take those as well. Do we want to do the Rams win loss game with uh, Ty Burrell? It's tough to do over the phone. Tough to do over the phone. Well, I did it. I did it. Yeah, he well can do it. Him. Why not? Yeah. Fans call it and do it. Have you seen Ty Burrell? He is a master comedian. He can pull it off. <laughs> a master comedian. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Modern Family fan. Oh so, please! So I just I've loved this dude for like I the want last his decade. favorite Ed O'Neill story. Everybody's got one, Ugh. right? Legend. Oh yeah, legend. 
All right, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, Ty Burrell, Michael Smith will help us take us to his show, and Chris Brockman's news update. Uh, so much going on in the world of sports. Hour two in the books here on Peacock. Peacock. 